Raisin Man Arena. One, 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 Would one, he one. Be one. a kind of guy we could talk about. No. <laughs> oh, we can't talk about anybody wait, wait, on wait. here. Whatever you said, it was on. It was on the thing. We That's didn't okay. say anyone's name. But yeah, the music is so loud name. that you can't even tell. Three, two, one, let's go. Raisin Man Arena. Ah! Ah! It's a heat wave. Heat wave's over. Okay. When did it end? I think today. Today it's 77 degrees. You're kidding. It's where did the heat go? It's downright Arctic. Where did the heat go? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Heat wave. The the mayor uh, took it away. Thank you. That's enough. Thank you. It was so oppressively hot. I felt like, yes, so yesterday I have a skylight on my apartment. One of my roommates went outside and covered the skylight. Sasha, if you're listening to this, covered the skylight with a blanket. Shout out to Sasha. Shout out to Sasha for covering the skylight. Um, And it's like with a yellow blanket. So it casts like this yellow desert lighting on the top floor that's kind of like how in movies when you go to Mexico, Mm -hmm. they make it all look yellow. Yeah. Uh, Or like in Star Wars, you have to on a desert planet. It's all yellow. The Global South filter. Yes. So I would go up onto that floor. It would be in the Global South filter. And then I would open the door to the roof to go water the plants. And like, it was so hot. I feel like I was coming out of like a subterranean, like desert colony underground hovel (laughs) out into the light for like the 10 minutes of like allotted outdoor time that you're allowed to have before you have to get back under for your health. Because it was, it's, been so it's been crazy wait hold on (laughs) hold on hold on can you i just want to make sure can you guys hear me because i can't hear myself on the on the headphones one two three four five six seven eight sorry Mm. i don't mean to derail you derailed my thing so it was just a little moment i was having yesterday where i was like this is what it's going to be like in in 50 years with my children i'm going to be like all right everybody we're going to the surface yeah we're going to the surface bro you don't (laughs) have to wait 50 years it's here now you just described you just described the situation no (laughs) but you know where the heat went joe biden passed the the plo the climate bill the t tsa and it's all over thank Thank you you. brandon thank you you. i did that you know the stickers that say i did that he did that it's got joe biden on it yeah hell yeah joe biden did that and uh i'm not really sure what's in the bill some people are saying this is great some people are saying it doesn't go far enough i'm just gonna sit back and watch <laughs> felipe the in the hot weather felipe started walking around bed like radio rahim that's right music. that's right <laughs> what does that mean have you seen uh do the right thing Oh, no. A movie that famously takes place in a hot day in Bed-Stuy. I got to watch that. You haven't seen it? I haven't seen it. I think Laura is always saying it's like the best movie of the that oh, decade. The or, yeah. <laughs> I think there, I remember at one point New York was trying to decide what movie was like the singular New York movie. And yeah, there was a contest. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think yeah. Do the Right Thing won. As like the New York movie. It won? Well, yeah. it'd be wow. Taxi Driver. <laughs> yeah. King of New York. Mm-hmm. It beat Star Wars Return, <laughs> Return <laughs> of the Phantom which has Phantom one, Menace. Which has had one scene on the Upper West Side. <laughs> Other New York movies. Francis Haw? Come on. That's... Come on. I know. <laughs> Manhattan? I mean, it has it had Manhattan in yeah. the name, but of course it couldn't yeah. win. Miracle Can on win. 34th Street. Miracle on 34th Street. <laughs> what about Santa Claus? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other... Of other funny answers. Oh, Eep. Elf. Elf. Elf, that's a good what ass New Elf York movie. Oh my gosh, I love that. It's a good movie. 
world's best coffee. You did it! <laughs> <laughs> you did it, guys! I never liked that movie. <gasps> really? Yeah. Sorry. What about it? I thought it. I thought it kind of crumbles after like minute twenty-five. You I know what call. though, oh. dude? When that movie came out, we were twelve. That's right. And you were twelve. Yes. Sitting your ass down going, this movie's yes. crumbling after a minute 25? No, I, I have thoughts like that about movies all the time. Like, where you, I didn't like it, and I, and I couldn't identify what exactly I didn't like, except, like, the, it felt, like, rhythmically or thematically kind of off. Not thematically, rhythmically off, where I'm like, yeah. oh, I... I'm an hour into this and I kind of don't really care about it anymore. I sort of see where it's going. That's interesting. I do feel like there's this element of like a dad that hates his son that is a little bit misplaced <laughs> in the movie that's <laughs> otherwise about just like Christmas and magic and discovering who you are. Like when the dad screams at him in, in the boardroom, oh, that's a little, that's yeah. a little much. Oh, that's right. Because Buddy the Elf has a dad who's a corporate. So I can yeah. remember the plot. Well, okay, so Sarah, you finished your project, your job. Can you talk about it? Yeah, I can talk about it. Um, so I did this short for for Hulu's Halloween series, Halloween. Um, and it's the first, like, producing job I've ever had that was really for, uh, like, real network place. And it was very challenging. <laughs> very challenging. Yeah. And it was a weird culmination of like, you know, I've been working towards being a producer for a long time and I've been producing a lot of different small stuff and I've worked for more real channels, you know, producing documentary content, but never narrative stuff so much. And uh, yeah, it was a real moment for of reflection for me. On What was the reflection? What did you conclude? It's like, oh, this is what producing is <laughs> that's i was saying you know i wouldn't want to be a producer i like walking away <laughs> i just do my animation and if it's not getting done it's not on me someone else above me has got to deal with that i got the eight hours i got in the day but you you got to see it through the whole way through wait even in the edit you're like i'm producing it's like being a yeah, i'm a post producer now so now you what do you do you email the person who's editing it yeah, I had to make sure that they got the footage. I brought it to their house. Again, it's like we didn't have a lot of money. I was like, someone's got to bring this thing over. <laughs> to our so you bike house. messengered it like those guys on YouTube? Yes. To like scary bike messengers? Yeah, I took it myself. And uh, then, you know, we have like four weeks to turn this around. Every week you deliver like a version of it and show it to the executive people. Um, so someone just has to make sure that that's all happening on time. And I got to finish all the paperwork and... The composer's got to be scheduled, the color person, the VFX person. and Oh, my God. You got to make sure you have to deliver everything to certain specs of, like, they need the raw footage version. They need a proxy version that's easy to watch. They need... So, you know, this yeah. is something that's crazy about videos. They got to be colored. Yes. Because when you're filming something, and back me up, Sam, if you coincide here, but when you're filming something, it's in damn color. It is in color. When you look through that viewfinder, it's not in black and white. Yeah, but suddenly you gotta pay a guy who's gonna quote unquote color it. Yeah, what the hell sense. is that? I don't even know what that interface looks like. It, like, it looks like a bunch of wheels, a bunch of rainbow wheels. Yeah, and you're just kind of fucking around with the rainbow wheels. Really? Really? Oh, yeah, it's like circular, 
donuts with rainbow I colors. I thought it looks more like digital painting and you're painting each of the different <laughs> frames. Yeah, it's like a coloring book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's like a big thing of like toucan Sam. Yeah, coloring <laughs> color the lines. And Sarah, so nowhere in this process can you bring your sort of offbeat charm in your your sort of uh connect, no. i'm connecting with people uh sort no, of style i guess i felt kind of like <laughs> it emphasized some of my weaknesses i was talking to my mom yesterday about it emphasized your weakness not the kind of job you want to have no job that emphasizes i was talking to my weakness. mom yesterday and i was like oh we finished the shoot and now we're in post and she was like yeah it's been a hard ride i bet and especially for people like you and me we're disorganized um, <laughs> um. <laughs> and it's true that i I don't, and whenever I say this to organized people, they're like, oh, that's funny, as if you think that being organized is like some kind of fundamental, almost like biological trait, and I'm like, of course I think that. <laughs> you don't think that you could get wake could up choose? in the morning and just write a little it is bullet not journal? In me. It's not in me. I think all papers belong in a big stack. I don't think they're supposed never to be sorted read. into folders. <laughs> it's true. Stack of papers, never read. Yes, I don't think you're supposed to have a filing cabinet. That's a, like... That's something wrong. Brutalists wrong. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's kind of inhuman. Inhuman. -human. Inhuman. You should have little feelings that you share over like a mug of tea. Yeah, you should have like five <laughs> backpacks because you should be like filling them up with stuff as you go about your life and then they eventually become too full and then you just have to discard that backpack you just in have your to room. Burn them. And then move on to an, an empty backpack. <laughs> and, and not, and not even think what was in it. Do not even think what was in it. Because you're going to get upset if you no, think about it. No, and it's not it. possible to sort what's inside. You're sticking your homework in like the drawstring string of your pants yeah like you have, you ever, have you ever opened your backpack and then you dig to the bottom and for instance as an example um sunscreen has exploded at the bottom <laughs> or you put in a book and it's been squished by every other thing you put in your backpack and it's just bent in half. yes yeah. i hate it i hate yes. it so but sad for me it's usually like do? peanut butter though yeah. or like a food an apple a bunch of pear. whey protein <laughs> yeah whey protein powder <laughs> and milk <laughs> you were it's like, created a cookie yeah. a cliff bar <laughs> at the bottom of my bag <laughs> 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 it's got like hair and screws yeah, in it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Man. So you're not organized. Yeah. To me, being a producer seems to me to be like you just sweat. You're just a fixer. You just have to sweat all the totally. stuff that other people don't totally. want to do. Totally. And you're the th as the, as the I the saying I picked up in the IT world. You're the throat to choke. When things go badly. <laughs> they say that? Isn't that wow. scary? Why yeah. do they say that in the IT world? Who's the throat there? The, <laughs> the coder? Um, the stakeholder? The, the state, yeah. It's different people depending on different projects, I guess. The but, the, but they're always talking. Who's the throat to choke in Raisin a, Man? A single throat to choke. I think it's you. Yeah, I, I mean, think you're it's our, you. You're our producer. Yeah. It's funny that I'm the throat to choke, but there couldn't be two people who would choke my throat up less about this podcast than you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would That's choke my own throat. Yeah. That's why it works. Who's going who's gonna to choke your throat? Time warp? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> if, I, if, I couldn't get, if I couldn't get the podcast up and running, you guys would be like, Free day. Well, all right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Free day. Free day. <laughs> yeah, I know. It does feel like that. That's a really apt description, and it feels um, really intense. And I'm also someone who I don't think I get have anxiety, but it's about dying, um, causing, inflicting pain upon other people, uh, stuff like that. But chronic, in terms chronic of chronic illness. 
Yeah, chronic illness. In terms of just like daily stuff, I just kind of can't be. I I don't sweat it. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> money. Oh, we we lost some money. Okay, well that's okay. Money's Whatever. fake. We have still have love. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's my attitude. <laughs> um, um, well, I'm kind of curious. I don't know how much you can talk about this, but you were like, they totally can't go over budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you were like, well, what happens if we do? And yeah, like you can't. Did you? No, you so didn't. I don't know. You made it, so I don't know. Wait yeah. to the cent, or like you got like ten dollars were left over. Um, surely not to the cent. I mean, there's like costs that we would put on like the cards of the the writer director with like just buying coffee and stuff that I we won't reimburse. You know. I see. Yeah. So Damn. not to the cent. <laughs> wow. Damn, you won't reimburse the coffee for the, the coffee. writer and the director. Yeah, that might bring us over. Hmm. Yeah. Was did you guys have a um, sensuality coach on set for any of the scenes? No, we had like documents to fill out if we were gonna do that, but we didn't have any sensuality, any sensuality intimacy. Bro, I would love to have a sensuality coach at the house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just got him on retainer. They sit at the kitchen table all day long. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just sensuality coach. You're like, and you don't, you don't have any, fr- you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I just need to call on one of my friends to do this job. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. yeah, I guess I can't, I can't afford the sensuality coach, so I'm going to just gonna get Will to, <laughs> to help out on this <laughs> one. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get Alex Bliss. <laughs> Where do you go to intimacy coordinator school? You know what I mean? Who tells you? When I think there's all kinds of programs at like film schools that give you a certificate. I see. Yeah. Because you could just see so. Because like it is Oxford, a new Cambridge. It is a new job, right? Yeah. And so I'm sure Some say someone. It's the oldest job. It's <laughs> the oldest profession. <laughs> I'm sure someone has been like, you know, the first person was like, "Let me give this a shot." I'm yeah. sure there's a lot. Of, I'm just saying. I'm sure there's some people who are not prepared to do it who do it. I think what happened is they shot a movie and someone went afterwards. They went, "Well, that was bad, a bad experience." Let's just make a role for someone who can make sure that this doesn't go like it did that time. Right. You know? So there so there yes. must have been a really bad experience. Yes, I happened. think historically they were bad experiences. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um I was reading this article yesterday. Um this is for the reflections on job stuff. Rachel Maddow has retired from doing five nights a week of the Rachel Maddow. I show. saw this, and there were all these pictures of her zip lining on the article. Yes, and they were <laughs> describing. So she was like uh, anchoring that show five nights a week for the last fourteen years, um, wow. and they were describing her work life balance. And they were like, she was working like seventy hour weeks, sixty hour weeks, to seventy hour weeks, and she would get in every day, and they would do like intensive research because every episode starts with her doing like a monologue, analyzing like the issue of the day and giving kind of a unique spin on it or whatever. So every day they would be deep in research on something new to come up with something new to say. And then you'd be on at night, like delivering uh, this piece and then hosting the whole show. And uh, I guess I had this idea that like someone like her would be at this point in their career where like most of the other people would do that work. And then they would just put, give you the, yeah, she comes in, she does the monologue. Yeah. You do the monologue and then you kind of check out. Uh, But it's not the case. And to just think of somebody who's like that powerful working that hard for so long I was like, oh, my gosh, that is just not me. And I think I used to think when I was younger that I was that kind of person who was down to, like, be a workaholic and was going to, like, be a journalist or a lawyer or something who, like, gave all my time to my work. And I'm like, no, 
no way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that. I mean, and now she's rich and getting to enjoy her money and time. She's like, in the article, she's going ice fishing. She takes the journalist ice fishing. Um, so good for her. But yeah, I don't know. Just making me think about what kind of person I am. And then the producing this Hulu thing made me think about like, wait, why did I, what, did, what was it about being a producer that I decided to do this in the first place? And I remembered that I have always like wanted to produce things for, uh, like people who are incarcerated getting out of prison like help them to make documentaries and videos and like do stuff like that like since i was in college i was like oh that would be really cool um because such a like cool thing to be able to make stuff and uh, if i was a producer then i would understand how things are made and i would be able to support that sort of thing and then i was like oh yeah so this is really different than that Making mm. stuff for Hulu is very it's different. It's not the same. Because it's got me concerned it is a little with different. Um, details on a landscape that is not uh, weighty in the way that I thought I could would be a producer, potentially. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's but interesting. Life's a long journey, so you got it. That's interesting. Because yeah. I'm like, it's hard for me a little bit to like, again, I'm like sort of anxious talking about this, but like to take seriously certain things around like, <laughs> ultimately, you know, it's just a little thing on. Yeah, Ooh, it doesn't matter. Right? And like, I'm stressing over all this stuff. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. No, that's, how I, that's how I've always felt working uh, like animation jobs for, for different places. It's like, who cares, man? This is bad. We all know it's bad. It's hard. Why to am I going to feel, why am I going to lose one night of sleep over this? Well, yeah. No way. Spelling. <laughs> so that's well, you gotta change yeah. that though, because when you write stuff for Simple Town, sometimes <laughs> tone. Uh, Instead of writing ton, Sam always writes tone, and it's actually kind funny. of charming. It's like there's a tone of things. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, to me, it's just you don't. It's not important. It's like what you guys are describing. I don't think spelling is all that important. Yeah. Um, hmm. Why did you get to like? How did that thing about producing prisoners? documentaries <laughs> like get into your head um i think because i went to college during the period of progressive values where it was like oh if you're a certain kind of person in this world you need to step aside and make space for the work of like other people mm -hmm. so it's already in my mind that i was like oh i'm like a middle class white person and I'm going to just be like making creative work about my experiences as that. And I'm already kind of overrepresented, you know, in the arts. Like I had that sort of like idea that that would be a bad thing to do. And I was like, well, is there some way, you know, the mentality is like, well, how can you use your position to yeah. uplift other people or make space for other people or something? So I think that was like sort of in my mind, like uh, utilizing the opportunities that I had been given. Um, to like, I knew I, I wanted to do my comedy and make my stuff too, but I was like, well, what's something else? I need to have a job and I do care about this. Uh, and then I've just always hated prison. I think it's really evil, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. And I've hated it since I was a kid, you know, cause I was raised pretty Christian and, uh, there's a lot of stuff in the Bible about like, you got to visit people in prison and like, no, people aren't evil and all the stuff that I was like, it just doesn't make sense. So we're like locking people up in prison for such a long time. So you were like, that's going to be, that's going to be where I make the big bucks. 
yeah helping people produce things out of prison that's yeah, where, yeah, that's yeah. where that's where that's i'm job you clock that'll be the stable <laughs> source of income and then yeah. i'll do stand-up on the side yes yeah that was sort of my vision which i think is pretty cool <laughs> you can pull that off yeah and i remember uh, while i was in college i was thinking of like getting my phd and i was doing like training for how you interview for fellowships and they do like uh we did like fake cocktail parties that were like fake fellowship cocktail parties and then roundtable interviews um, with professors. And uh, at one point I was asked like, well, why did I want to be in a PhD program? And I was like, oh, because I want to go to one that's really well funded and then I can use the funding to support my my prison arts project. Um, And they were like, don't say that. Why did they say no, don't say that? They said universities don't want your answer to be because I want to use your money for my thing. Mm. <laughs> but what if it's a good thing that would cast a good light on the university? They, you should act like, uh, I want to do something really inexpensive there that won't uh, have a big mm. footprint on the budget <laughs> for I my see. department. Yeah. So I thought I said that. I just want to use the library. Yeah. I'm just going to use the library and write a little essay. <laughs> yeah. Well... That all makes sense. And, you know, I think there's still time to kind of turn the car around, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not too late. It's not too late. Yeah. You don't have to keep doing this kind of thing. Yeah. Something interesting, though, about prison arts is that, like, there's some controversy around, like, how they, uh, I don't even know what the term is, like, art wash prison where like people you know people want prison to be like rehabilitatory rather than just to get rid of it and so then arts programs can be a way to be like oh see look we're like helping people it's just people. like one big art class we're just it's just an art class <laughs> <laughs> it's like you go to art class yeah. for 10 years so that's like not what i want to do i want right. to do like the idea of getting out of prison like especially people who've been in prison for like a decade or more and like having to get a job like that just seems so brutal and like uh punishing to me so i just think it would be cool to produce a program where it's like okay and you get out of prison and you can come and we'll fund you to and teach you or support you in making videos and documentaries and stuff like that it would be really cool but you know i'm far from doing that so you know life is really short though i don't know where all the time comes from to do all the stuff that you, you feel like do. it's short I do. Yeah, right? Or do you guys think it's long? No, I I've been getting on its short tip recently. Yeah, really? Huh. Well, we've been trying to make Simultown has been talking about making this movie and I was like thinking about it last night yeah. as I was going to sleep and I was like, "Oh my god, it's going to be like 4 years before this thing gets made." Mhm. <laughs> yeah. Uh that's all. That's all. And I was like, "I'm already 29 like Jesus, where did all the time go? No, it's so weird. I was just thinking about, like, I think I've been having a, a hard year. I've been, um, as maybe you guys have noticed, sort of, like, unavailable to hanging out a little bit and feeling compelled to, like, text my friends and be like, sorry, it's just been, I've been a little busy recently. And then remembering, like, I think six months ago, I was also texting people to be like, sorry, I've been having a hard time. Um, and then it made me think, like, oh, I think I've been having a hard time for, like, maybe, like, since the beginning of this year. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, wait, well, you can't just lose a whole half year of your life to, to a hard time. having a hard time. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, true. fuck. Uh, and then I was like, oh, no, life does pass like that. You can have a hard year. You can have a hard two to three years. Or you can have a hard decade. You can have a hard decade. Yeah. Yes, and I just know to some think, people have been having a hard decade. Yeah. That the time just like flies by like in sort of like, oh, fuck, I'm not doing exactly what I want. This isn't right. This isn't right. But like you're kind of locked in to that for months a year yeah it's weird 
I've been taking a big. I haven't been. I haven't had a job in a year. I mean, you, Sam, you're on this tip too. Mm-hmm. But I think you saved up a lot more money than I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been taking a sabbatical, and I it feels like the clock is ticking until yeah, yeah, yeah. until I gotta stop. And I tried to get on unemployment, and the website was like, sure, just keep certifying your benefits. Then I get a letter. You know, when you get a letter, and you're like, this could have been in my mailbox for five weeks, 10 weeks, who knows? Because you'd never look at letters, right? I don't look at letters. They're just in the mailbox. Yeah, 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 of course. And it, I op- it's not for me to look at. It's not for <laughs> me to look at. Yeah, if you send no, it to no, me no. as a letter, it must not have been that important for me to know it. Yeah. Uh, but I open up the letter. It says, you are not getting unemployment benefits. You aren't getting it. And I didn't even want to read why, because it, even if it was like, because you misfiled this, like, I'm not going to file that thing. Yeah, I'm saying you. Know like I'm not going to file some new thing or make a phone call to like no prove to a guy, you know, how, how little money I'm making by the sound of my raspy voice. Like, it's just, if you're not giving it to me, then you're not giving it to me. I'll figure something else out. I'll figure something else out. Yeah. But what's my point? Yeah. Just that, uh, you know, my savings are, are, are running out. They're going to yeah. run out and I got to stop and I got to get real, get a job. Totally. And stop living in this fantasy world of just doing my own projects all day long. Yeah. I'll say two things. One, this is what I'm talking about with like, I hate bureaucracy. I hate having to call uh, a company or a branch of the government where you only get to talk to these like um, entry level or low level people who are purposefully not given any power to be able to do things so that they become a brick wall that defends the castle from anyone getting what they want out of them. They just like don't tell those people enough information or like give them any ability to help anybody. So that way, like no one on the inside ever has to get touched. They they give them a cyanide pill. So if you capture them, they can just take themselves (laughs) out. You can't trace them all the way back up. Yes, exactly. Um, And yesterday, me and Emma are going to Chicago for like four days and i had yesterday you guys are going for four days yesterday okay yes we're going for four days in a couple of weeks and um this is classic like i'm not detail oriented emma booked the tickets emma was like are you free this date to this date and i was like yeah totally sounds good didn't even check no didn't even look no it is of course the weekend that we're shooting ian's alien video which i've had on the calendar for what happened to bobby what happened to bobby's shooting that weekend i just didn't even look i just like sometimes i feel like this thing the the executive function failure like just the ability to be like okay wait no i need to check or that doesn't sound right i'm just like no it's it's all good man it's all it'll all work i remember i remember this is something i felt in my last relationship where i would fuck stuff up i'd forget important dates and then you know the person would be mad at me and i'd be like you know what i don't feel bad because it didn't even occur to me that I should think of this. Like it, it, it wasn't a choice. It wasn't yeah. a choice. It just did not even cross I couldn't my even mind. explain how yeah. it happened. It's if like, I went back in I? time, I would do it again because yeah. it didn't even occur to me. Totally. But, I, but why would I agree to go on a trip on dates where I didn't even look to open, see what I was doing? Opening up the calendar, stressful. Because well, you're avoidant. I'm avoidant. Yes, I know. It's like I'm avoiding opening up I'm the... avoidant. And... Felipe posted on his Instagram story that he hates when people are avoidant. Someone asked you, like, what do you hate? What's I worst do, qualities? Don't, I, don't said, like people, I don't like it when people and are I said, avoidant. Well, that's me. I, mean, I thought we were friends. Well, you know, there are other qualities about you that I like a lot, but, but the avoidant like one is not one that I particularly like. Okay. <laughs> Felipe, but you're avoiding the mail, man. It's true. There's a lot of things I'm avoiding. I'm avoiding going to the doctor for a bunch of things. I'm avoiding, um, what am I avoiding? I got to open up a new bank account with a different bank 
No because, way. Yeah, because the bank I have doesn't have any banks. They're stealing his money. Yeah, they're stealing <laughs> all my money. You have to, Felipe has to bike up to Yonkers. Anytime I, I need to, to go to the bank, I need to go to Yonkers because there's no, my bank doesn't exist in New York but, City. But that's the thing, the thing, like opening up a bank account in America is probably like the easiest. Yeah, that's I tried to go do. online and they rejected my application. Wow. Really? Yeah, yeah. Why did they do that? And it's like, it could be any number of things that I couldn't even ever think of. Damn, huh? In the similar tip, I, this week, last week, looked up how to start an LLC for a simple Oh, yeah. And I was like, I started watching a YouTube video and I was like, this is too complicated. Let's just pay a guy $8 million to do it for us, dude. Totally. Also, shouldn't we be an S-Core? That's the question. I think an LLC... Maybe what about Raisin Man LLC? S Corp for Raisin so Man. Is if anyone can sue Simple Town, they can't come for our personal assets. They can only come for Simple Town's assets. Mm, the Simple Town Mansion. <laughs> the Simple Town Mansion, <laughs> yeah, in Red Hook, New York. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, um, cool. Well, I was gonna say about the Chicago trip that then we had to change the dates, and Emma had booked the tickets through Expedia instead of directly through the airline, so we had to deal with this like third-party company, uh-huh. which they make it really difficult. And um, they had told us that for these $200 tickets to Chicago, that the change fee was going to be $800. No. Yeah, isn't that unbelievable? What? And then like, it would have been cheaper just to buy new tickets and be like, forget those tickets. Then what Expedia was telling us it would cost for them to change <laughs> wow. the tickets. Wow. Like, what a fucking scam. Um, I would have cried. Just blood boiling you know yeah, to cried. like be messaging with this person is bought on the phone with them like it's so fucked uh yeah so i hate bureaucracy and that makes me avoidant but then you were also saying this about oh job stuff and taking a sabbatical yeah i feel like it's funny i go back and forth between t- feeling totally entitled to like taking time off and being like i'm so exhausted i've been working so hard i just need some space and time and then thinking about people in older generations like my parents who have just worked as accountants for 40 years never really taking well, more sucks than to be like them. two weeks of vacation sucks to be them yeah you're a damn sucker <laughs> <laughs> yeah not anymore we don't i don't want to do that i was sitting in the living room yesterday with emma at our house like we we're both working on stuff and i just looked up at them and was like i can't believe this is our life like why aren't we in an office we're just like in our apartment like eating cereal like typing <laughs> on our laptops like hanging out all day long like this can't be reality and yet i think of myself as being so like overworked and bogged down but there's so many like luxurious things about taking time off and yeah i don't know but i guess i don't have any money so yeah i don't know when i worked at gartner i think it's kind of easy to have a nine to five because it's like you have this really steady stream of income you know exactly when you're supposed to relax and when not to relax i mean that yeah i don't want to make a blanket statement about every nine to five or every like job that's like that but Man, it's, it's, uh, you don't have to like pull all nighters all the time, you know, or things like that. I've been doing this thing. I don't, I don't have any source of income, but I've been buying clothes. Like I like to buy clothes that look cool. So I'll buy some clothes and then I'll go, okay, I need to like cool it on buying clothes for a while. And then I let like a couple months pass and I'm like, all right, I can buy some more clothes. The problem is I haven't made any money in the intervening months. So it might as well be that I'm buying like all the clothes, all at, the once. clothes at once. Yeah. I have this fantasy that if I let time go by, it sort of lets my money breathe or something. The clothes get more expensive because of inflation. It's true. I should, right. buy you should buy them, them all now on. today. 
yeah. yeah so it's it's yeah. a strange psychological trick but ultimately you know you want the economy to be kind of you know when people talk about the economy you gotta spend spend because it's good for the economy it makes spending feel like you're doing something kind of positive yeah like I'm doing but now something. you're but now we're not supposed to be spending because of inflation because of inflation yeah i'm not supposed oh yeah fuck. you're supposed to be buying fewer things that's and why saving they, they raise the interest rates so they hope people will will not buy as many things. See, you know what the thing is? When I when I go on Poshmark or Grailed mm-hmm. or the H&M website mm-hmm. and I'm like, I like these pants, you think I'm going to think, okay, what's what did the Fed set interest rates to? You should. You no should. Way. That's what no. they're doing. How, trying what? to stop Poshmark what? purchases. <laughs> what, what would the interest rate do for me <laughs> when I'm thinking about making that purchase? Fleabase taking out a $4 million loan. Take a Poshmark. Take some plaid pants. <laughs> so we can get Bottega glasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. 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 <clears throat> I get... The thing I, I've, or for me, what, what, I, what made me so depressed about this conversation is linking into this thing I had last night where a simple town was meeting and like, we have like a million projects to do, oh, which, shit. Are, which are all like Fuck. years away from being you completed. You guys have project inflation. Fuck. We have project inflation. <clears throat> and I remember we, we want to make this movie and we're like, how are we going to write this script? And Will was like, I would, I just needed to, I would rather take meeting time to do this. Like we need to take meeting time to do this. Yeah. We meet about five to seven times a week. <laughs> and, and, and it just like, I was like, man, like the amount of work, specula- speculation work that you do where you make no money before yeah. you start making even an ounce of money in like this, like entertainment world that we're trying to be in is just so crazy and bizarre and like, yeah. And you also need to be, I don't think it even, you need to, I'm not even on the tip of making good work anymore. I'm like, you just need to make stuff. And that matters way more than whether it's like good or not, like just completing it. I think it's like what makes you a good writer or like a script writer is like, you just get it done in a timely way and move on to the next thing. I think that is honestly like but 90% what about, of it. But what about genius and inspiration? No, there's no such thing. What about the magic of art? What about transcendental artistic experiences? Sarah? Yeah. Um, sorry, I zoned out for a second. <laughs> well, we're, tell me where you were. What? You were zoned out. What were you thinking about? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Anything is valid. Um, I was thinking about my prison arts project, and Uh, I was thinking about um, how much money would it actually cost to do that? And it would probably be a lot. Um, So I I was thinking about money. I see. But Mm. yes, money, this time question, it disturbs me. Because I also think of you guys as being very successful, and I'm like, wait, shit, you're still having to put hours of time into stuff that doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. I love how this po- podcast is like Simple Town Report. <laughs> like yeah, where it's, it's like we're giving reports to the shareholders. I've made this bargain with the devil where I've decided I'm, I'm not going to l- be happy in my life until I like have the, th- the, the things I want or I've reached the goals I've wanted. Yeah. And, I, and it's made my life feel like every day I like have this myopic driven thing where I'm like, I have to complete these tasks and 
it's all moving way slower than I wanted to, to go, mm. you know? Yeah. Why well, you feel like you have this thing where you're like, I can't be happy until I have a certain... Success. Or I'm like, oh, wow, I'd love to read a, a fiction book that has nothing to do with, yeah, yeah, yeah. with what I'm doing right now. But no, I should actually like work on this script or whatever. Mm. I don't know. I feel like it, my, my comedy practice used to be way more about like being on Twitter and social media and going out to see people's shows and stuff. And now I'm like, oh, now, I sh- now I need to be like at my computer writing the the raisin that I means the raisin man movie <laughs> <laughs> whoa that would be kind of cool actually the simple yeah. town the, the raisin simple man town movie? movie or like the simple town pitch or things like that and honestly we got like, wall hacks in the chat sorry go on i we're the people to do it because like we're we don't have the day jobs that right. like will and, and 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 others have so it's like it's that that's how it's going to get done if we wanted to get it done before we're like 35 yeah well, you know, I don't, I, f- I feel you. I have felt this feeling of, of press. And also I, I'm coming from a, from a plenty mindset. You know, there's only a limited amount that a human being can get done. And we just got to keep chugging along. And then destiny, the rest is in destiny's hands. Yeah. I, think, I think what will probably happen is we'll work for a really long time. It'll feel like, oh, fuck, nothing, 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 nothing. And then one day something will happen. Or maybe one day nothing will happen. But then, and then that could be fine too. But we've just we just we just got to work as much as we are able to. I don't know. I guess what am I saying? I don't I don't feel this. Uh, I right now I don't feel the sense yeah. of, of like time slipping away or of like uh, inability to get. It's just like I got the time I got. I'll finish what I can finish. It's true. Well, I always think if you really hate your life, like you can always end it. It's true. There's always <laughs> a way out. Yeah. Which is always like, you a way always out. Don't have to be doing this. You know, so I and I maybe that sounds like a dark thought, but I actually think it's kind of a light thought where it's like, well, I should just try and enjoy this because it doesn't I don't have to be here or you could be dead. Yeah. So so why not enjoy? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm not trying to be flippant, I guess. No, I no, totally. You're saying I'm trying I'm trying to have a, a, a plenty practice or like a gratitude practice. So yeah. last night I had a beer on the roof by myself. Whoa. Sam's wilding. Yeah. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's interesting. I feel like I identify with this thing of having a mindset where you're like, oh, I can't really be like fully living my life or enjoying my life until this certain period that I'm going to enter when I have this kind of success. Because when you're just like aspiring to do something for a long time, even if you're doing it in certain ways, you're like in this aspiring, striving stage. And you're like, once I reach it, then yes. I can have a dinner yes. party. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And be, sometimes being in a... Sp- aspiring striving person is fun and it gives your life person makes it a game makes it a game gives your life purpose but sometimes you feel like i can see how i'm actively becoming like a less interesting person who knows less about the world because i like spend my all my atoms of my body like trying to do Mm. these things yeah yeah i don't know i think there's like a veil you have a veil you can like when I'm at my least mentally ill, when I'm at my most <laughs> well-adjusted, I have the veil. And the veil is like, it's Tuesday. Just got to do this, got to do that. Oh, it's nighttime. Let me go out, whatever. That's yeah. the veil. And it keeps you working. And then sometimes the veil gets lifted and you go, wait, 
I'm 29. I'm about to be 30. And this hasn't happened. And this hasn't happened. And then, by, well, by this age, I got to have kids. And then by this age, I'm going to like blah, 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 blah. I was finding out about how you, like how our testosterone levels are less because of um, chemicals drinking the water. And then when you hit 40, <laughs> they start to go down. And I was like, oh my God, I, what a, this, Whoa. my shit's going down. And, um, and then the veil gets lifted and suddenly you feel all this fear and all this like, wait a minute, wait, what if, what if my comedy group never gets a TV show? This sucks. <laughs> like that's what I was banking on. And yeah. like, it might never happen. It might really never happen. But then the veil comes back on and you go, you know what? You know, I'm just going to keep doing this and it's not really any of my business what happens in the future. Yeah. But yeah. you can't really control when the veil goes on. It just goes on. Yeah. And I got the veil on right now. <laughs> I'm like, You're I'm on H and M buying a bro. like, Jinko low cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I'm trying to find yeah. the lowest cut thing that's is still shorts. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying so. to see how low can you go, and it's still shorts. And what, how close to the ankle does it get, and how wide before it stops being shorts? <laughs> um, but uh, you know, yeah, I don't know. I, I might, I might regret it later, but. I, I guess I just feel like I have so much shit to do that if I really was like serious about internalizing the finish line of all of those things, I would just die. Like mm. it would be like Sisyphus looking mm-hmm. up at the hill. It's mm-hmm. like, can't, I can't do that. So I should just be a little more like Sarah. Don't, don't look at the calendar. Yeah. I got to do this today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Expedia mode. Literally yeah. last night. I was at Leo's house and his roommate Calvin was like, hey, what are you doing? Um, not this Friday, but next Friday. And I was like, oh, uh, I don't know. Why? What's up? And he was like, because there's a comedy show that I think that you would like. When people say something like that to me, ne- not this Friday, but next Friday, I'm like, you're a terrorist. Yes. You're terrorizing me. But he was making a joke. You're talking about my comedy oh, show. Oh, your comedy show. Okay, which okay, I was okay. like, no, yeah, that's uh, not this Friday, but next Friday. And <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just like totally the dates. I can't. Wow, he got you. He got my ass. <laughs> he got yeah, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that is funny when people talk like that. Or like, yeah, I don't know. There's a difference between if he had said August nineteenth, that would have triggered for me. That's yeah. the date of my show. But like. That's why I feel like I get fucked up all the time. Is like I'll remember that I have to do something on a certain date, and then someone will be like, "What are you doing on Wednesday?" And that's the same day as the date, but I they're categorized. Right. You have you did not put it in the Wednesday box. Yes. You put it <laughs> you put it in the August nineteenth mm. box. Yeah, and exactly. this is the mind that's supposed to be producing Halloween. That's right. That's yeah. right. The chaotic that's mind. Right. That's right. That's right. It's an incredible feat that I pulled it off. Do you think that if a producer is chaotic and twisted, that that somehow reflects on the work? That you can have a kind of freewheeling attitude that will then project creatively onto the work. I think it... You can tell the producer he was just crazy. I think it would work if the rest of the team also likes to roll that way. Sure, sure. Yeah. I feel cool. I roll with people who do things kind of crazy way because I'm like, that works for me, man. But... (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. Some people like to do things a little more stringent. Uh, Fair enough. Anyways, did you guys see the Mike Crumplar? Oh, that's right. <laughs> we gotta get into Speaking it. Speaking of getting engaging, <laughs> engaging with things that make you less interesting. You think that's making you less interesting to no, engage with that? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Takes. Are you guys pro <laughs> or con? Mike. Yeah. I'm pro. Yeah, I'm buying his stock. Yeah. You're going long on Mike Crumplar. I'm pro. Should we? Can, can Felipe? Can you summarize this for people who don't know? Because uh, you know what. 
I've, I can't wait to do that. <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait to listen to myself in the future <laughs> explaining this stupid <laughs> shit. Hell yeah. Uh, okay. Wait, let me take a breath before I do it. Let me just... All right, so Felipe's going to take a little break. Let me see. I just want to look at the comments before I, I go into uh, this. We have not engaged with the chat. Uh, let's see. We got uh, uh, Kay saying, Guy 35 is the new 29. Oh, guys, 35 is the new 29. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, you know, fertility rates have something that have, have feel differently. They have what? Fertility rates. <laughs> you can't just say 35 is the new 29 when there's a... Oh, if dipped. They've dipped for t- yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking about the kind of intractable nature of time, and there's this biological determinism. Yes, 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 yes. Um, okay. <clears throat> What's next? Hi, top chatters. Marissa says yes. We are top chatters. Kay says, wait, how many Felipe points does everyone have? I'm sitting pretty with five point six k. Not sure what. Did we talk about Felipe points? No. <laughs> and uh, well, in the says, chat, they're allowed to invent their own stuff. It's true. You guys can kind of create your own world there. Yeah. <laughs> that, ideally, that's what's happening there. So yeah. uh, Mike Crumplar, uh, he's a, a a writer, a DC. He's a transplant from DC, from Washington DC, who moved to New York a couple years ago, and he's been writing these kind of party reports, or he's been writing about the quote-unquote dime square scene oh i love how that sounds coming in my mouth <laughs> um he's been writing about the dime square scene he's a leftist and so he's he's sort of critiquing it but from this kind of position he will like he's friends with all these people he's kind of on their podcast but he goes to he gets invited to their parties and he writes these reports i don't think it's quite right to say he's friends with them. he's kind of a frenemy like by he's being frenemy. a critic sure them, sure uh, yes i'm putting the like, cart before the horse here i'm yeah. doing analysis but he's uh yeah, there's a sort of uh, there's a sort of proximity but antagonism sort of relationship, um, and he's been writing about them. I have found lately he's he's probably the most uh, the best chronicler or, or or critic of the scene because I think he kind of gets it. He he like knows yes. what they're about and he's able to describe it and then um, critique it. And so then this topic is delicious to me. Okay. So then he was on, uh, he just wrote this big article. Oh, so he had written a bad review of a film that had come out of the scene called Actors. He wrote a review where he said, I do not like this film. It's transphobic. And the next thing that happens is that the filmmakers of this movie invite him to play himself in a movie that they're making, a new movie they're making. They say, come, the critic, come to our movie, be in our movie. And he proceeds to describe how what is staged what the movie is is a sort of staged uh, dramatization of an internet uh, of an of a internet conversation where basically there are hundreds of extras that have been casted as trolls and then there's like a bunch of sort of influencers who are also sitting there and they proceed to kind of like grill him about why he thinks that the Dime Square scene is fascist. And the internet people are like Dasha from Red Scare, right. Curtis Yarvin, right. uh, Nick Mullen from Cometown. All the yeah. stars are there. All the stars are there. And while he's trying to explain himself, people are encouraged to yell at him as if they were internet trolls. And so he describes, basically, he's like, you know, before I was a critic of the scene, now I'm even more convinced that they are yes. fascist. I'm even prouder of my work. I, that was the most... And, and, and it's like a long four-hour ordeal where they like... 
they really grill him. And then at one point, the cameras, it's unclear if the cameras are off. And then he keeps getting grilled about this. And he just feels like, and he's just like, this is this like disgusting spectacle. And I'm even, you know, prouder of being a critic of the scene. And I, uh, so yeah, so he, and then that and then article he, went really viral. Everyone yeah. was sharing it. And I'd been, and I felt like a day one, cause I've been reading this guy for a minute. I've been reading this guy for a minute for a, like a couple months. And then this article was the one that <laughs> broke bang, through. bang. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's gone viral, you know, mini viral. Hmm. Was that an, an accurate kind of explanation? That was an accurate account of it. Yeah, he also described like so. His prompt was like to explain, yeah, why the why the movie was or why their artwork is fascist. And then other people were given the opportunity not only to yell at him but also to like counter his argument. Like the mic was kind of passed around, uh-huh. and he said people just said really like asinine things, like made really inane semantical arguments that weren't even, that he t- said weren't worth engaging with, just like unintelligent. Um, and some people just outright were being like transphobic saying slurs like uh stuff like that and that it just oh and that there was like this kind of group think phenomenon going on where like uh at first everybody was like coming for him and then like peter vack was trying to extract an apology this was one of the directors this is one of the directors peter vack yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yes. one of the I had not said his name, so oh. I'm just giving context. Yes. Um, so Peter Vack was like sort of the director of the whole scene, and he was trying to get uh, Mike Crumpler to apologize to Betsy Brown, his sister who directed the movie Actors, uh, for giving it a bad review, and he wouldn't agree to do it. But they were still like trying to orchestrate this moment of like then group healing, it was described as, and then suddenly people in the room were being really like cheesy and being about like it's oh it's so great just to get all of this just to say all this and express all of this like vitriol that they had just expressed and so then they were trying to have this kind of like happy moment in the end where they were like and it's all okay and we're all connecting people were really sharing their feelings and Mike Crumplar just kind of like wasn't having it wouldn't give them like a final like all right I feel good that we did this or something yeah Mm -hmm. um so for to take his like description as uh being totally true uh it sounds ridiculous. <laughs> like, it sounds so stupid. And it makes everybody who's, like, associated with um, this kind of fandom sound, like, unintelligent and, uh, like, Aesthetic. they're just um, pawns. Yeah, or, like, easily groupthink dupes. <laughs> easily duped into groupthink? Yeah. yeah, that's how it makes it sound. It wasn't clear to me when I read the article, like, how much of the kind of level of play... Or, or level of make-believe Mike, Clump, Mike Crumplar was, like, perceiving. Yeah. Like, as I was like, yeah. oh, maybe there's... Maybe these people are trying to make fun of themselves. Yeah. And they're staging a kind of over-the-top version of themselves. Yeah. And it's supposed to be silly and funny. Yeah. As if we would make up Raisin Man. We did a, f- a fake podcast episode where we were, like, making fun of ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Mike isn't getting that. He's taking it at, at level one. Yeah. Um, where people are being sincere. And I'm still not sure that's the case. But either way, it sounds like the Peter Vack and his cronies like kind of wanted to probably have it both ways, as trolls sort of yeah. do, where you're like, you can say this is fake and this is over the top and we're just like playing around. We're doing kayfabe. But then you you kind of insert reality into it. And so there you never really know where the line is between like 
these people are actually expressing like this hatred and anger at him for writing this this bad review or they're just like making fun of themselves well conversely though i think i think that he there's a dimension of his writing which is like clear that he's doing a kind of kayfabe too Yes, that's like, what I was going to say. Like, yeah. it's kind of... A, and and I, I guess it's corroborated by some of his earlier writing, but there's a way in which he's, like, playing the game a little bit. Like, he's kind of aestheticizing this. Like, when he says, like, I'm a better writer than you guys are a filmmaker, he's, like, kayfabing with them? Well, I think he's... I think he's really self-consciously... Um, I think that his writing is sort of documentary in the sense that he's documenting what he's seeing, but I think he's really self-conscious about like create making it into like a literary uh, object. Um, and so when he's at these parties, he's like aestheticizing the situation. And I think that when he says something like that, and in fact, he does say it in in his tweet, in a tweet that he did, where he's like, when I say stuff like that, like my work is transcendent, he's like, I, this is like, this is a gesture. This is like an artistic gesture. And he has like a, a purpose for it. He's like, it's not just my feeling. It's like, it's a kind of uh, proposition, like an aesthetic proposition that goes against this, what, what, you know, this Times Square world. So what, what am I trying to say? I'm just trying to say that like, in some ways I think the article is tricky because I think there's a part of it where he's like, I'm playing this game too. I'm in it too. Like, obviously it seems really unpleasant for him, but he like totally. sticks around and he, and he kind of enacts the same thing that's being enacted to him. It's like, let's, let's turn this like internet fight into like a grand spectacle. And I do it with my writing and you do it with this thing. Again, not to say that the situation probably, it, the situation seems like it was probably like really painful for him. Yes. But also... I don't know. I think he's not fully disclosing, or I think he is disclosing, but in a kind of subterranean way. That yeah. like he's like, this is a game. Like we're just kind of playing the game because all of his recent writing. Again, he doesn't call it uh, journalism. He's like he's creating a character out of himself that is like entering this world, um, and I think that he fuck. What was I about to say? It's all a game. It's a spectacle. I think there's like it's undeniable that like the energy of his writing has sort of like ping ponged off of this world. So while he calls himself a critic, it's like hard to read that and not think, oh, you're like mythologizing these people, and you're mythologizing yourself as like the critic of these people. Um, mm. I'm like, because you could just not write about them if you truly felt like, like your job was purely to like suck the air out of it. It's like why create this this kind of like incredible document of of your battle with them does that yeah. make sense what i'm trying to say yeah totally it does make sense i think that's always an interesting argument where people are like oh well don't write about it that's what like gives power to these people and i think that he says in his piece that he's like oh people are like who gives a fuck about any of these people it's just like this niche underground arts and it doesn't matter and it's like but they're kind of like gaining traction and becoming more known and like that's how something becomes mainstream art and then by the time it's that, it's like a powerful force. So if he really does think it's like that they're fascists, um, you know, making work that's bad for the world, then like, of course, he's going to write about it. And it's not like hit by writing about it. He's the one giving them power. Like, I think even by the fact of like, I know about this art scene, I'm interested in something niche stuff like this. But like, if it was really so niche, I wouldn't even know about it. Um, and I don't just know about it through 
Mike Crumplar. Yeah, I mean... So that's just to say, I I find that to be a strange argument. People are like, oh, the critic just shouldn't write about this thing. No, I'm not arguing that he shouldn't. I actually think it's cool that he's writing about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only that to me, to... I guess when I read it, if I take it as like the sad thing that happened to this poor guy, it's like level one, whereas I'm like, oh, I think there's something else happening here. Right, There's like a tension. There's like a... And I'm not even putting a, a moral judgment on it. It's like, it's just like a artistic tension in his writing between his attraction to the world and how it repels him. And in fact, he even says it in the article. He's like, I was seduced by the promises of this world. And I think he still is seduced by the promises of the world. Like he kind of can't look away. And when he sees the million dollar extreme guy, he like knows who the million dollar extreme guy is. And in fact, yeah, I heard yeah. somewhere else that he was like, I'm a fan. Like he likes, he, he like lives in that world and he has this sort of attraction repelling yeah, yeah, feeling yeah. about it. yeah. And he also does this funny thing in the article that a lot of people don't like, where he's like compares his writing to like his pursuit of God, like he's God in his writing, or he's hitting some essential truth of like humanity. Like he really like uh, aggrandizes what he's doing, which is funny and turns a lot of people off. But I don't really well. That's like it. That's what he said in his tweet. This is what he said, which I thought was interesting. Um, He said, uh, "I sent it to you. Didn't you see it, Sarah?" Yes. What did you think about it? He just said, the self-aggrandizing optimist utopian voice in my writing is supposed to suggest a kind of intoxication that opposes the all art is over, none of this matters defeatism that the reactionaries use to shelter their bad art from any scrutiny. So there's something like self-conscious that he's doing. doing Yeah, and I like it. I just think it's funny to do that. Especially because critics are so beaten down by artists in this world where they're like, we don't need critics. Like, only artists make something real and critics are just like, they tear things down and they don't do anything creative and it's like, yeah, f- like, if you're a critic, like, don't take that lying down <laughs> and be like, no, my shit's art, too. Yeah. I think that's mm. funny. Yeah. Did we, because you listened to the P- Ion Pack episode about it. Did it reveal anything else, Felipe, about the level of realities that were at play in that, in that, um, in that theater? No, only that they saw it as a kind of, uh, like, turning life into art gesture. Mm. Which made me feel like I kind of I kind of get that. I mean, I I agree, I agree that like you need. This is something Caroline said. She's like, you need to do s- sensitive work takes, like, care. Like you need to do it with care. And I kind of agree. Like I I don't I don't really agree with this like art making. That's like, we're gonna create as much pain as possible, and then yeah, that yeah, will be yeah. like this beautiful transcendent thing. I'm like, I mean, I kind of I get I understand that what the what the appeal of that is, but I think ultimately, like, you can't, I think that, like, people feeling good is, has to, has to supersede that, and they, I think you can still get, um, yeah, I don't know, I kind of, yeah. Caroline said this? Yeah, she was like, sensitive work takes care, and I think it's, yeah, it's true. You can, you can, if someone knows what they're, like, buying into or like what they're going to be a part of you can submit them to like a pretty high level of stress i think if at least if you let them know and you prepare them in some way and there's care and there's like some amount of trust but in this in this case it seems like there wasn't enough trust and that's on the director like as a director you have to let a person know like i'm gonna make you feel pretty bad or like are you down to play this game where we make you feel bad and then you can say yes or no 
but yeah. that's why like I wouldn't blame someone for walking into that and being like this is all real this isn't make-believe it's like well because if it was make-believe the director would come up to me and be like get oh, ready no, for yeah, this yeah, thing yeah, that yeah, we're yeah. gonna do yeah this is what Emma's saying there's no consent for any of it um what is Kay's comment I saw a comment. Someone thought it was funny. They asked Nick Mullen, a known griller, to grill crumps in the theater, and I guess he politely decri- declined. Huh. That's yeah, funny. I mean, it seems like there was many moments where where he, ev- the people participating in this movie were like, this is kind of embarrassing and cringe yeah. to be doing this stuff. I'm sure there's so many moments where people are were asked to do things on set where you're like, I don't know if I could say that. That's embarrassing. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe Nick Mullen had like the, the discretion to understand that it was, <clears throat> it was sort of silly. Yeah. It also, this is kind of related to the Nathan Fielder discourse about this new show, the rehearsal and whether or not that shows manipulative for me. I feel like, <clears throat> I don't know, sort of vaguely unconcerned about that show. I feel like, um, they do a trick in that of like making everything, making it look like there's a degree of reality that I don't think is really there. I think it's yeah, highly, highly that. produced. Yeah. And there's very tiny moments of reality where people are just like saying something awkward or saying something true that's kind of like funny and ridiculous. But that that is like they're squeezing that reality out of like a highly orchestrated production. No, I agree. Yeah. It feels so obvious. It feels so obvious that so much of it is fictionalized yeah that the question of whether or not he's like exploiting these people seems like you can't even know where the exploitation is happening yeah just because he will be like and then this happened and then and i'm like you're just saying that in voiceover i don't know if that happened or if the producer went to the subject and was like look we're just gonna go in this direction now totally so um yeah. yeah right exactly and like you see there's an episode where he asks if the 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 kid that he's pretending to raise with this woman who's 16, if he they can have him be six years old again. And the woman just is like, yeah, you know, whatever, if that's what's good for the show. Like, she just says that. So you're like, they, all the people in the show have this mentality of like, I'm on this show and that's kind of the main thing here. It's not really about my experience. Right. Yeah. Um, so it just is, I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something because I, I haven't read the discourse because I find it a little disinteresting to be like, oh, are these people being exploited? I'm like... I don't, I just don't... No, I agree with you. I think agree. that, yeah, it's just, it's like a funny show, and I I think people are also so accustomed to television and reality TV and the way these things are done at this point that it would be hard to find a person who is, like, kind of uh, an innocent enough to these processes to really exploit them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'd need to hear a story from someone who was like, this was really painful. Yes, and I guess I really so. hated yeah. it, and then I would feel differently. But totally. so far, I just feel like... Well, I mean, I, I found interesting and kind of comforting how much of it is clearly fictionalized. Yes. Like, in that last episode, it's mostly voiceover. Yes, yes. And I'm like, this... You're getting such little bits. It's funny. Well, Nick Mestad is in the, uh, yeah, is yeah, in yeah. the acting class, who's a comedian. Yeah. And I just thought, oh... Yeah, you know, you see a lot of these Nathan for you things, and you're like, oh, there's like a bunch of regular ass people there. But then I saw Nick Mass, and I was like, well, that guy's a comedian, and he knows what's up. He, he knows, knows exactly who Nathan Fielder is. Yeah. And he's not being funny, but he's being serious, but he's playing the role. And I'm like, well, how many people here, like, know what's going on? Totally. And, like, and you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, to me, this feels 
this version of the show feels a little more like John Wilson influenced than the uh, mm. than the Nathan, the Nathan for you. For you. Like, there's a lot more like voiceover reflection, a lot more yeah. self reflection and sort of sensitivity. Um, he feels like a guy trying to wrestle with something himself. Um, yeah. Yeah. Rather than like a kind of like like punked like I got you sort of thing, which which the Nathan for you has a little bit more taste of that. Um, I just feel like he's genuinely the the show is sort of quite sweet and low stakes and pathetic. That I'm like I don't know if the question of people being like taken advantage of doesn't didn't really come up for me, I guess. Yeah, that's also what I thought, but I guess I agree with Felipe. Yeah, if somebody told me that they really had this terrible experience being on the show and they were, like, deceived about what it was, then maybe I would feel differently. But it's also like he just introduces himself under his name. You could look him up. You can see his show that he's had before. Like, I don't know. It's a little yeah. out in the open, but... <laughs> So, I don't know. But I, yeah. I guess I haven't read the articles to be like, what, what's the argument that they're making? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it feels a little like a spoil sport, you know? Someone comes around, they're like, this is, you know, this is like exploiting the things. And it's like, come on, show's good, show's ambitious. Yeah. Like, how many times do <laughs> you see an ambitious show yeah, yeah, with yeah, an interesting like thing? Like, just let, let it just be. In fact, the woman on the show who's ostensibly like his wife or like partner in raising this child, you feel like she's getting over, getting one over on the show because yes. she's just like chilling in her room the whole yes, time. Yes, <laughs> like, I'm like, good yes, for you. Yes. You just get to like live she's in this nice, out. nice house. Yeah. And chill. Totally. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't know. Life, art. Yeah, it's funny. It makes me think about no, I don't know. I was going to go further into this question of like the directing, you know, the tears directing. Can you get tears out of your actors and what I think about that? But but I've decided to not go He's in there. He's decided not to go further in that I, direction. Folks, not interested in the thought. He's not interested not in Not interested in the thought. Yeah. Um, if you guys, um, if you quit, quit doing comedy, quit making stuff, what would you do instead? With your with mm. your life, I would make animation easy. Yeah, <laughs> you got to make the the question yeah. harder for me. <laughs> I know. You Felipe would make animation. Sam, but could it be funny animation? No, because that's already what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm already not doing comedy. Yeah, <laughs> I've already quit. <laughs> Um, I think I'd be like a Zumba instructor or like, yeah. or like a guy who like backpacks through Patagonia professionally, Hell yeah. you know, like a, like a sort of outdoors adventure type. Yeah. But wow. I'm, that's so different than what you're doing. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do, Sarah? Mm, what would I do? Ah, I would live in a really nice house. Um, and I would have, uh, I would be married and uh, we would have great parties all the time. So if you weren't, so the one thing keeping you from like getting married is comedy? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. You can't be, you can't get married. When you're doing comedy. I do think it's funny when people that we know who are our age who are like figuring out their comedy careers get married. I'm like, oh, wow. 
how could you do that when you haven't like moved to LA yet? You can go hard. <laughs> you can do it hard mode. Yeah. Uh, if I met someone I loved, no, I probably not. I don't think I'm ready to get married. I don't think I would get yeah, married. Yeah, you gotta now. move to LA first. You gotta though. move to LA first. That's true. <laughs> get a show first, then you get yeah. married. Anyways, I'm trying to think of, uh, anything kind of funny from my life to share with you guys because I haven't seen you in a minute, Sarah. Yeah, yeah, oh no, but I text you everything that I'm feeling. Yeah, 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 it's true. What did I text you about that you didn't get back to me? Because there was like a series of texts. You texted me about James Franco playing. Fidel Castro. Fidel Castro. Now this is this is one of this is one of my pet peeves. Everyone's getting mad. James Franco's playing Fidel Castro. Wait, should be a Latino actor. But here I'm thinking, Fidel Castro. I looked it up. Had two Spanish parents. Fidel <gasps> Castro was white Latino, white Latinx. So I'm thinking mm. James Franco. Wow. Franco. That sounds Italian to me. Ethnically speaking, it works. It's probably he's probably as close ethnically to what Fidel Castro was. Whereas if you got you know a Latino actor. It would be less. However, obviously, there's the question of cultural affinity. Uh, I thought people true. would get mad because James Franco's a sex addict. Yeah, I thought because he was canceled. Well, that too, but but that well, no. John Leguizamo came out to say you should get a guy like me to do it to you play what? Fidel. John Leguizamo was like, you should get a guy like me to play. Mm. But to play Fidel Castro, an opportunist. <laughs> obviously, right? He's got his own dog right. in the race. Exactly. This is yeah. not about. He's got his own dog in the race. Um, I mean, maybe some people, but but this is what I realized. Ultimately, nobody actually cares. Yes. Manufactured controversy doesn't matter, and I'm being a mark for even getting mad about <laughs> it. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it touches a special place in your heart, Felipe, because you you feel like white white latinos are kind of underrepresented in media yeah that's right that's right that's exactly <laughs> right that's exactly right. yeah they should get a guy like felipe to play you should get me to play fidel castro you should get me to play che guevara yeah kind of look like him now damn i thought james Franco yeah. was done for you, you should that's get crazy. um you could you should play um patrice lumumba that's uh, right <laughs> that's right have you seen on twitter there's some pretty despicable things being said about uh johnny depp or not despicable things being said, things that he coming did that are out. despicable that are Wait, being said. Wait, didn't someone call call this like say like the tide is going? Someone on the Raisin Man chat was I, like, "I called it, bro." You called it. I absolutely sure. called it, I, but I didn't make that up. It's been known. People, people in the know know that the tide was going to okay, turn well, on him. Okay, what I remember. Let me say my memory first before you gaslight me. <laughs> is that someone in the chat was like, "The tide is going to turn. Johnny Depp is going to be the bad guy." Everyone in the UK already thinks that, and it's going well, to because he lost the he lost his trial in the UK. He tried to do a defamation trial where he was like Amber Heard saying all this stuff about me. It's not true, and he lost in the UK. So in the UK, everybody knows because mm. everyone's talking to the judges and the lawyers in the case. Yeah. Huh. Whereas here, but the tide's going to turn, and apparently his fans unlocked all of this. Secret stuff from the trial. They paid all this money to unlock the yeah on his the, Patreon the box, <laughs> and apparently all this bad stuff, stuff came out about trial. it. Yeah, it's pretty horrific. Like I, there was like a phone transcript of a call between him and Amber where like they ended up submitting like a really highly redacted version to court, like Johnny Depp's team, I guess. And then they the they unlocked the full transcript, and the redacted version is such a manipulation of what was actually said. It's very disturbing. Yeah. Freaky. It's really freaky. So the tide's going to change, yeah. but you know what? You can't do the trial again. Trial's over. Man, this just shows how little I understand about 
the legal system that I'm like, what do you mean they paid to unlock it? Yeah. I know you that can I pay to unlock. just being like a bunch of Twitter threads that have suddenly showed up. It's also unclear to me. So in theory, like uh, trials, everyone should be able to see them, right? But sometimes you need sometimes to draw a can. sketch, That's a right. sketch of them. But sometimes you get video on TV all day long. So you get a video of Johnny Depp writing That's this little right. notebook. But sometimes it's got to be a sketch artist has to draw a shitty drawing what of Ghislaine Maxwell. I'm like, wait, okay, so are trials, should everyone see trials or should nobody see trials? Then some stuff is is locked up unless you pay for it. Yeah. So there's like a pay-to-play component to the law. Yeah. If you're a lawyer in the chat, help explain. Help the, break this down for us. The opaque rules of the legal system. And then there's it's known, right, that the, his legal team or his PR team paid all these people to like be bots and to like defend him online. What does that have to do with the trial? Are the is the jury going on Twitter being getting convinced? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it, and I don't like it. Did you see that in in uh, that the Dave Matthews band dumped a bunch of poop? <laughs> the Chicago River Dave That's Matthews funny. incident. I didn't know if you were serious about talking about this, but I would love ten to talk years about ago. It. Dave Matthews dumped a bunch of wastewater on. Here's a, my question. That's insane. Yes, that is so just crazy. It was the tour bus for the drummer specifically, and there was just the driver. The drummer has a tour bus. Yes, and that's what I read. Everyone's yesterday. got their own tour bus. Everyone's got their own tour bus, and that was wild. all his poop. Yeah, well, can you, come on, you don't imagine that Dave Matthews and all of his drummers are staying in a bunch of bunk beds in the back of a bus together? Why wouldn't they? They're too famous. So everyone's got a whole-ass bus? They got their own whole-ass bus with their, all their kids on it. Sam, um, you were checking your phone. Why was in your phone? Uh, we're moving too quickly through through subject. What? You, <laughs> so did you write a subject? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just tuning out for a oh, second. Oh, because you don't care about what we're talking about. No, 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 no. I, I'll care in a second. Okay, okay. You can, well, you'll care in a he'll, second. He'll manufacture it. Here's what I don't understand. They dump the waste into the water. Uh, were they planning to just do that? They didn't have a plan to get rid of the waste, but they just didn't think that that boat would be there. At that moment, I know, and you think that they'd look down to be like, "Okay, let me just make sure there's not a boat there." Totally, but he's trying to be discreet. Maybe just get away with it really quick. Yeah, yeah, but it got in people's eyes, mouth, hair. Really? Yeah. I didn't read that detail. Seventy-five percent of the people in that boat got it all, all over oh them. Oh my it's god! It's not like they were like on the lower level of the boat. And it was all the drummer's they got poop. Got, and it was all the drummer's poop. And uh, yeah, it just makes you think on the scale of mistakes that you can make. At least I didn't do that. Yeah. yeah. At least I didn't do that. Uh, that's that's it, why it you got to be worse for those people if he had dumped some of his music into the river. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Do you not like Dave Matthews? No. <laughs> no, you don't, or no, you don't care. I don't like Dave Matthews. I don't like his fan base. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Matthews concert was huge in Connecticut. Every I, year he comes to Hartford, and it's a big deal. I have a nightmare of like listening, of like being listening to "Making Banana." pancakes or whatever that song is with like a <laughs> bunch of bros and i'm like about to graduate high school and i'm that's at a so high funny. school party that i like don't want to be at oh, that's with funny. all the people Making i went to high school who i don't want to be with um i couldn't even hum to you are they matthew song it's for like guys with like flip-flops that have like the the can the like bottle opener on the that's bottom. true can you hum a a Dave Matthews band song? Making banana pancakes. <laughs> that's, like, that's how it goes. Can you hum a Dave Matthews no. song? No. no, I couldn't. And I went to a Dave Matthews concert. Couldn't tell you what what any mm. of the songs were. Hmm. Wasn't paying attention at all. It's for bros. It's like bro music. 
for bros to chill out to. Yeah. Well, ain't nothing wrong with that, Sam. I hate it. I hate him. I hate this topic. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. I was going to say about the Johnny Depp thing that I was learning to play the theme from the Pirates of Caribbean song on the piano. And I stopped. Really? Because of him? Because I was like, who can enjoy this anymore? Jack Johnson, Michael Kandel's right. That's Jack Johnson. Fuck. (laughs) Fuck. Dumbass. Wait, what are you talking about? Dumbass. Oh, it's Jack Johnson. That song isn't Dave Matthews Band. Even my girls kind of into dog pile on me. Kendall, you should have been in the chat much earlier. I don't appreciate this that you really bided your time. Yeah. That's funny. Dave Matthews, Jack Johnson. But I'm right to Doesn't Dave Matthews have a song called like Break Away or Break Maybe so. Jump. Maybe so. Maybe well, listen Jack to this. Johnson. Do you know what I'm talking so about? I'm so tired. And I'm just remembering why. Why? Because I was watching the baseball game last night on TV. It started at 10 p.m. because it's on the West Coast. And it went 13 innings. How long is that in hours? Felipe, I mean, Sarah. <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> you, the first You time. called her Felipe because she did a voice that I would do. 13 yeah. innings. 13 innings. You have no business watching I know. a baseball game. You got to make... You gotta, I Look know. at emails and make sure who is getting the edit needs. When did I you go know. to sleep? At like one in the morning. Bro. I mean, it's not like so late, but like maybe even a little after that. And I'm no. just exhausted. And you got to get up at seven or when do you get up? Six yeah, in the morning to make it here? Six in the morning to get here in time. Yeah. And it, but it was crazy. I'm watching this baseball game. How long is the baseball game supposed to be? Nine innings? Someone in the chat confirmed. I have no clue. Baseball makes no sense. Baseball, it might as well be like a sport from the medieval era. It's so (laughs) boring. No one was getting any points. I was like, both teams are losing. And these are some of the best people in the world. And they can't get a single point up on the board. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell is going on? 13 innings. And they're not allowed to stop playing until somebody scores a point. Not only is baseball Baseball. from, not only do the rules feel like esoteric and strange, but even the like diamond feels like a strange, like Kabbalistic symbol. Like there's spreadsheets. It's like a strange. That's strange. And then listen to this. If you get a foul ball, that's a strike. Unless it's the third strike. Then you can get as many fouls as you want. I get it. Be- well, you can't get out on a foul. Wait, a foul ball is when you hit the ball and it goes, and it like goes in the a wrong weird way. direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's a strike. Let me ask you this. But then if it's the third strike. When you're talking about batters, batters, that's luck, right? That's There's no skill luck. involved. It's that's total luck. luck, right? You just have to have a big belly. That's yes. just, there's no way. You, you look at how big that ball is and how fast flying through the air. There's no way skill is involved there. Totally. No. That's 100% it's luck. luck. And the bat's so thin. And then here's my other question. So all these guys got to go up to bat, but only certain members of the team are relied on to hit the ball. Most people, and, and if you bat a 300, which means you hit 30% of the balls into play, that is considered amazing. Well, you know like, what's crazy? In most sports, you know, let's say soccer, everyone's going to touch the ball with their foot. Yes. Right, basketball. Everyone's you can you might be on defense or offense, but hands. you're gonna dribble the ball with your yeah. hands. This is a sport where some people hold a stick, and, and some people have a glove. And some people have a glove. That makes n- absolutely no That's sense. That's crazy. But I want to say this about the emotional experience of being on the Please. team. If you're one of these guys that gets up there and they're not, you are not on the team to hit. You are. They did not put you in the major leagues because you're good at hitting. You don't hit, but you still have to get up to the mound. You have to get to the plate, and you gotta swing at it like you think you're gonna hit a home run. Yeah. That for a competitive 25 year old guy, everyone's gotta swing. Everybody's gotta get up there and swing. 
like and in a rec league like that must be really hard on your ego to be like all right i'm getting up in front of the audience of ten thousand people again to take my three swings and yeah. fuck this up because i'm bad at hitting sam who are you texting uh coulter what were you saying i'm giving him will's venmo why he asked for it because he just the uh, he paid me for the Eternal Family for being the merch guy at Eternal Family. Oh, Whoa, okay. I didn't know. That. Is he listening to Reason Man right now? I don't know. Can you uh, ask him? I'll ask him. You ran the merch table at Eternal Family. It was. <laughs> <laughs> it was depressing. It was a depressing experience. I know. I thought it would be fun to hang out with you, but then I found out that the yeah, merch table closet. is not. The merch table the was merch not table where was the in a show closet, was. Yeah. Like far away from where the show was. Yeah. So then I thought, I don't want to. But know what's cool about jobs like that is people just come up and talk to you, which can be nice. Can be nice, but you also can't dismiss them. All right. You're dismissed. That's it's enough. Done. Get away from the merch table. You should go check out. You should see if there's another <laughs> merch table somewhere else. But you said you were getting flirted with, which I'm like. It's some people were being flirty. Gabby, you hear this? You see when. He's getting flirted with at the merch table. There was a person who was who was like talking to you and i was actually there and i was trying to be funny i was trying to be charming but it felt like well, do you remember this it wasn't going off she was kind of like deflecting it and like redirecting it. back to She's you like, i'm talking to the merch guy I'm <laughs> do you remember this guy that's funny no no i was like you know what, what are you paying with cash you got 100 you know i don't know it says some stupid yeah, shit like that funny as shit yeah, but well, she was guy, like, your friend was around shit. so you know you were kind of entertaining yeah. yeah but then she yeah. kept turning back to you to be like i'm talking to sam like, i'm trying to buy a t-shirt i'm not uh, I'm looking uh, I'm looking at this big man Not you little <laughs> twink <laughs> <laughs> Funny Funny, funny. Yeah. Alright we're kind of Hitting the end here folks Oh we are kind of Hitting the end What do you guys feel? I think we found it At every moment In the episode <laughs> <laughs> It was on We found something That worked And we moment. made it happen It's true We put the pieces together We made the connection There were sometimes we, we had the cables in our hands And we were like How do we plug these How do we plug these But we always found them out We plugged them in together And the Christmas tree lit You know up. what my theory is And I can't I actually like I can't actually Make this happen But my theory is that Even a topic That you don't want to talk about You have to pretend You're really excited about <laughs> What uh, do you think about that Sam? And maybe. I'm not. I'm not yeah, coming yeah, yeah. for you. Yeah, I'm yeah. coming for myself. I maybe there's some wisdom in that. I I think I'm now. Feel, I feel like we've switched roles a little bit. Where I'm like, I'm like every topic. I'm like, yeah, oh, we can't talk. About talk that about is that. so funny. And I'm like, that now is so I'm off funny. the thing of being like, I want to talk about my life. I don't want to talk about my life anymore on the podcast. You don't want to. It, it wait, only brings me sadness. No. So when you were and talking that, about how your time is running out, all that stuff, you don't want to talk about that. It made me sad and it shut me down for the rest of. The oh episode. no, bro! You know what I don't want to talk about? <laughs> what? I don't want to talk about this dime square shit. I didn't know that. I found myself explaining a thing and thinking. I don't really want to explain all this. I didn't know that. But it's okay. You didn't have any reason to. But well, what I, I didn't want to talk about the Hulu stuff. Okay, so you didn't want to talk. Let's stay for a second. Let's stay for a second. Let's stay for a second. So you didn't want to talk about that Halloween. That stressed me out. It stressed me out to talk about this Mike Crumpler shit. And then it, we depressed the fuck out of Sam talking about his life. Do yeah. you know what I want to talk? What I would like to talk about? What, what? did you want? All bullshit that doesn't matter. Baseball, fucking the poop thing, just things that don't matter. Mm. But what do you guys think about that? I wouldn't listen to a podcast like that <laughs> okay that's fair that's fair i'm being yeah. hyperbolic i'm being hyperbolic yeah. things that matter are important too but what, what do you guys feel what did, like what did i genuinely want to talk about today 
Hmm. Hmm. Sam, you go first. I didn't. I didn't have a go. I didn't go in knowing what I wanted to talk about. Um. Hmm. Yeah. The the only thing in my mind are like tasks. So I feel like when I search into my own brain, it's like a desert of stuff, <laughs> of awful things that <laughs> I can shit bring that you need forth. To do. Yeah. Oh, what damn. if we could just get real with each other right away? Like, because that's what we do once the podcast is done. We talk about. I just want to mention, be able to mention people's names. Like, I wanted to talk. We were talking right before we started. We were talking about the the band that we can't mention and the guy that everyone hates. <laughs> in that band Wait, that the band? That I don't even, even give him a hint. Wait, can you give me a hint? We were literally talking about it before we started the podcast. Wait, I'm like, a this band is that funny. everyone it's hates. A funny, it's fu- it's a funny issue to talk about, which is like. A person in you the wanted scene to see people it. hate. Oh, that's right. That's Ugh. right. And they, they only like quiet girls. <laughs> Wait, point the mic more at your mouth, Sam. <laughs> they only like quiet girls and how that's like a red flag that there's yeah. this guy who only likes like really quiet girls. And so. I think that's funny. Like that would be an interesting thing to talk about. Yeah. But we can't say his we name. We can't say his name. It, it's it's immaterial because it doesn't relate to our lives. We what we only have is being able to abstract things into uh, a larger conversation uh, without the details that give each conversation its rich meaning. I know. You know? I know. I feel that. I was thinking about that while we were doing this episode. I was like, and I often think of it like, do is it important enough to me to have a great podcast where I could just sa- sacrifice more, risk more? Risk more, yes. Yeah. Risk losing friends. Risk career opportunities having uh, enemies (laughs) you know what i thought actually i was like i could actually be a little more open if the chat wasn't on there really and i know i've been a big advocate of we need to do this live but there were moments where i thought if we were just talking off the cuff i wouldn't have to worry about the chat chat, like burning a hole in the side of my face to find out what people think about what i think that's how you feel about the chat sometimes i do with with certain topics there are things that i worry about saying do you want to sit here? <laughs> because you have to you have to look at the chat in order cuz you can see it and see people people are mostly saying nice things and talking to each other. I know, other. but it's because I'm not saying my true feelings that I'm afraid <laughs> of what the chat would feel. Wow. I'm already self-censoring off the, out the wow. gate. Oh man. You didn't want to talk about the Dime Square thing? Yeah, damn it. I was you, certain that you wanted to I've heard to talk you describe that to five people and <laughs> once in Spanish. Yeah, wait. Because <laughs> your friend was here. Um, yeah, you were certain. No, it's true. And, and, and I, well, I actually wasn't certain. There was but a, did, you lo- did you give it to me as an alley-oop thinking that I would be really happy to talk about it? No. No. I brought it up as just like, this is one of those things that's in our wheelhouse where we can actually name names because we don't really personally know these people. And they're enough of an object of sort of public spectation. I know Chloe that, Cherry. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Chloe Cherry and I are friends. Um, and we can like name names and say what we think about this. But I was I sort of had the thought of like, oh, we don't really want to talk about this. We've been talking about it. And uh, I didn't really feel like talking about it. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's kind of a hard why don't I want to talk about it? There's something just sort of like embarrassing about like turning people who are not really that far away from us, us, not really that far away from us into, I know if I can just touch them, I could just, if I could just meet them. No, it is. It's kind of cringy. And it's kind of cringy. And it's like, like, what am I, what opinion am I going to give about this? But and and then it's like, but you know, it comes down to the question of like, well, what is th- what is this podcast, right? Are we like comic commentariats? You know, it's like, yeah, not not really. You uh, want to talk about goofy ass shit? Yeah, yeah. yeah you want to be goofy? 
Yeah, I mean, my philosophy is like you talk about things you care about and you can actually that that is like the pathway to jokes because because things have a sort of a little bit of teeth to it and a little bit of like interest because you like you're playing with the thing you you already like kind of care about. And yeah. There's like some stakes. But let me, pr- let me propose this, an opposite thing. Cause when I talk about things I care about, like when I talked about the, that Times square thing, I went into serious mode. Your eyes rolled. My back eyes rolled back like and I'm just talking, talking, shark. talking. When you talk about frivolous things, you actually get to things you care about. You arrive at things that mm. matter to you through the frivolous thing. Um, and it actually, but it allows you to do it in a playful way. So in the, the Jack Johnson, uh, what's the guy's name? Dave Matthews band poop thing. There's like a truth about how I, Sarah and you and I like feel about the world and, a and it's essence of like how we're supposed to live our lives. Well, you don't always get there, right? You don't always get there. Sometimes you talk about something frivolous. You don't get at something you care, but sometimes you talk about something you care about and you don't get at something funny. So it's like neither, neither Avenue produces a hundred percent the result. Yeah. Um, you can be jokes on top, serious on bottom, serious on top, jokes on bottom. Right. Calder said, what time square thing? We were talking about the Mike Crumplar thing. The Mike Crumplar article. Time Warp says, I consider Raisin Man how the sausage is made, but only within the prison of the mind. Yeah. Huh. Do you think That's that we are getting at some sort of real, like this is like Kaveh, this is like the real process of art making. You're seeing it live. No, because no. Kaveh takes the heat. He Kaveh ruins his Kaveh, marriage. Kaveh yeah. ruins his marriage and names names and stuff like that. But yeah, did I tell you in his last episode two. what I thought of? He just put out an episode. I literally saw it last night. You were saying, but if you yes, yeah, say it again, I think it's interesting. Did I tell you this, Sam? No. I he just it's just funny. He's like I'm I'm finding I still like it. And I'm still invested, but I'm finding him less and less like sympathetic. And he was he starts out by being like. He starts out being like, Mandy's trying to get a court order so that I don't put the kids on camera. And then he's like, she's just doing this to get me. Like, this is her <laughs> obsession. And I'm like, you need to be a little more self-aware than yeah, that. Like, you are totally. not coming across as sympathetic when totally, you say that. And totally. I think you're like, you are losing a little of the plot of like the big picture mm-hmm. of what's going on with this. And it would be fine if you were a little evil and you were like, I get it. The show has fucked up our lives. And like, I, I understand it. But him being like, she's just doing it to get me. And I have a right to do this. And it's like, come on, dude. Yeah. Is it reality television? Is what he's doing reality television? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It's like documentary reality. I suppose it doesn't. It's not in the genre. You know what I mean? It it, it doesn't have the genre tropes of reality TV. Mm -hmm. It has Mm -hmm. maybe more of like art film or whatever. But yeah. I just got, I just got, I just got booked. I'm seeing a tweet where I'm tagged on a show. I don't even, I don't, I've never agreed. Oh, yes. Never mind. Felipe just got booked on a show he doesn't know about. Um, all right. I got a meeting at 11, so. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you so much again Michael, for that's joining a funny us. Joke. <laughs> what did Ka- he say? Kavi would fuck up his life for the 14 people in the chat. That's so true. <laughs> that's all right, true. guys. Goodbye. Goodbye. Raisin Man Arena.